CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi, this is Josh Marshall, and this is the Josh Marshall Podcast. We have a lot to talk about today. I'm here with my colleague, David Tainter. Hey, Josh. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We got a, we have... Yeah, busy day. Yeah, busy day. And and just for listeners, later this week, we're going to have a, a second episode with General Mike Hayden. That's right. He's got a new book out. And Former CIA director. Basically a Bush-era figure who has increased his public profile yeah. as all the stuff has come out with Trump and Russia and the investigations right. and so forth. So he has, he has a new book out and we're going to talk to him that we're probably going to have that episode out on Thursday. But uh, in the last in the last 24 hours, there's been just a rush or I guess even maybe the last 48 or 72 hours, there's been a rush of new information about, you know, out of the Trump-Russia scandal, but sort of on a not one big thing but like five or six yeah it's kind of like we had a a slight respite over memorial day and then it kind of started flooding back yeah exactly so one thing and this is we're going to kind of dig into this is that letter that was published by the new york times that is the letter that the trump legal team sent to Mueller and his investigators back in january and that's where the big thing there is 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 you know these very very aggressive claims of presidential power and we what we now seem to have as confirmed that Trump dictated that statement about the Trump Tower I mean right. we're going to get get to all that in a second before we get to that I want to want to touch on something very important order fresh Grady's cold brew directly to your home mm. office or campaign call center <laughs> drink it straight mix in your fa- mix in your favorite milk or add some vodka for the ultimate white russian or add some Trump vodka for the ultimate White House Russian. Yeah. Yes, that is actually in the, in the uh, in the copy. Grady's famous chicory infused brew is always ready to pour from your fridge. Try out Grady's cold brew kit and get thirty six cups of iced coffee for only thirty bucks, and they ship worldwide. You know, we we actually have a a reader in Poland. Oh yeah. Who at first he he thought he was out of luck. He couldn't he couldn't get Grady's, but it it. It turns out he can't. I guess you. I maybe you can only get the, uh, the bags. Yeah, in, the bean in, bags. The bean brew, bags. Yeah, brew you your brew own. It start a little DIY project. Yeah, at home. yeah, and it's easy. I mean, I, I I've used those. You just like you you, you have a little you know yeah. a little decanter yeah. of water and pop them in and and it's and you're good to go. Uh, so let me let's let's get back to the ad copy here. Try out Grady's Cold Brew Kit and get 36 cups of iced coffee for only 30 bucks, and they ship worldwide. Ready to give it a swirl? Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com. That's Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. Just in the last uh, uh, less than 24 hours, we have this news that the Mueller investigators now claim that Paul Manafort tried to tamper with witnesses right 
in send his some, trial. Yeah, sent some encrypted texts, I think, But not well encrypted, right. basically. Well, I guess... Not I, well enough. Yeah, well, what it seems like he was using WhatsApp, but in a way that was backed up to his iCloud account, uh. unencrypted. <laughs> so, but I think how yeah. they... I don't think they... they it wasn't that they, you know, kind of picked this up by signals intelligence. I think the people he was talking to ratted him out, basically. Yeah. So it's it's a whole thing there. And and right, and, Mueller is trying to send him back to jail while he awaits trial. Yeah, yeah, very very strange stuff. And then last night, and we've got some, we've got a, I've got a few posts up on this uh, on the site today. George Papadopoulos, who, as we know, is appears to be the one who triggered the initial FBI investigation. Yeah. Got drunk at a bar in London and talked to an, to an Australian ambassador. Yeah. That, that look at all this crazy shit that I've been hearing. Yeah, right? but that the this this guy's telling me about the what the Russians have. Yeah. Okay, so he is now married to a woman who uh, Simona Mangiante, uh, Simona Mangiante Papadopoulos, who went on Fox last night and basically, you know, Papadopoulos, he's a cooperating witness. He made a plea deal with Mueller. Uh, supposedly, he's, you know, cooperating uh, behind the scenes and all this is going on. He's going to be, I think, sentenced uh, later this month. And, you know, he flipped. He cooperated. So he's kind of, you know, working with Mueller. Right. And, but then yesterday, his wife goes on Fox, and suddenly she's like big deep state conspiracy, and, and, and George was, yeah. set, and was set up by yeah. uh, the deep state. And, it's a kind and, of a – it's a change of tune for her, right? I mean, well, she I – mean, you know, Change of tune. <laughs> it's, it's like it's, – it's night and day because yeah. she was saying – she had been saying before – you know he's the John Dean. Right. He's gonna. Break he's no it all coffee open. boy. He's gonna. He yeah. no. Yeah, exactly. So th- that is who knows what's happening there. And yeah. there's some other stuff on 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 the on the site that that I talk about with that. But let's get back to that letter because most of, okay. So most of the stuff in that letter, and this is. Uh, Trump's legal team from back in January. Right. So this is like when John Dowd was on the right. team. Right. So it's right? kind of the old team. It's right. not, it's, it's Dowd. A lot has happened since then. Ty Cobb. Yeah, yeah exactly. Quite a bit. It's <laughs> a totally new team. But, uh, but Jay Sekulow was in the mix and he's a continuity. He's still, he's still involved. So in that letter, there were a number of claims. I mean, in some ways, the most eye popping ones are the claims about presidential power. Right. President can pardon himself. He can't obstruct justice right. because he is justice basically. I mean, <laughs> right. that's kind of what they're saying yeah. that he is the, he is the chief law enforcement officer. Yeah. So he can't obstruct an investigation because anything he does is the investigation. Right. And then on the tail end of that, we had Rudy Giuliani go on the Sunday morning show saying that, yeah, not only does he have sort of absolute power, he could have shot James Comey in the Oval Office and been sort of immune from prosecution because he's a sitting president. At least while he's president. (laughs) Exactly. So that was some crazy stuff. But the key, the one big factual thing there is that they state as fact, and not only did they state it as fact back in January, that his lawyers have been out in the last couple of days, particularly Rudy Giuliani, saying, yes, this is, this is, we confirm this, this is a fact. And that being that President Trump himself dictated the statement that his son, Don Jr., gave when the 2016 Trump Tower meeting was first revealed last year. So again, there's a lot of moving parts here. So So, right, if you remember, this was, yeah, this was July 2017. It was kind of the, it was coming right off of the July 4th holiday weekend. 
couple of big stories. The New York Times reveals there was a meeting with Paul Manafort was there, Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, among the most highly ranking kind of officials in the Trump yeah. campaign. Uh, that that occurred in July or in, in June 2016. June 2016, yeah, right. with uh, a Russian lawyer who had links to the Kremlin. A couple other kind of random people were in there. Rob like, Goldstone, if you guys remember, the publicist uh, for MN, the, yeah, who is the, the crooner who, from Russia, <laughs> right, right. who works with a couple of like pop stars slash real estate moguls in Russia. Yeah. So that well, so okay, so that was when we found out about the Trump Tower meeting, exactly. which we, which is a kind of a a key part of the whole right. Russia investigation, and but. After that meeting, there was we later found out a lot about how they reacted right. to the publication of the meeting. Right. So around this time, Trump was in Germany for the G20 summit, world leaders gathering. And during that event, we had the first kind of big formal official meeting between Russian President Vladimir Putin and and Trump. And apparently the first meeting, the first in-person right. meeting they'd ever had. That's right. I mean, there was some speculation that they met at the Miss Universe pageant a while ago. Trump had sort of said as much, but anyways. But it seems like not. Yeah. So it right. seems like that's the first in-person exactly. meeting. And so that goes kind of as expected. You know, cameras are there, at least for the kind of outset and, you the know. public part. You yeah. Know, like the, you know, meeting, aides, yeah, aides are involved. Yep. Sort of all the kind of, you know, official machina- machinations of that sort of thing. What happens later is that there's a second meeting between Putin and Trump that kind of flew under the radar for a while. This was at a dinner kind of with world leaders. Putin pulls Trump aside. Well, I think it's actually it, it's so, so. Yeah. So this is a this is the sort of the gala dinner after all the meetings with the G20 summit. Right. And I think the story is that Trump pulls uh, Putin aside. Right, so the other way around. Right. right. And, and it's and it's. It's not public. It's not planned. It's not public. It only. Right. It only. The news about this only comes out. Uh, I think a week or two right. later. And the key point is that. And and when it happens, and before people knew about all the things that we're gonna that we're gonna discuss in yeah. a moment, everybody was sort of like, "What the fuck?" Like, <laughs> like because here's the thing. It was an unplanned meeting, and like. W- w- like almost never happens between world leaders, especially in a case where all of the stuff about Trump and Russia is they met with no other Americans present. Right. It was Trump, Putin, and Putin's translator. That's right. So basically there was no one there from the United States or the U.S. government that has any idea what they discussed. Right. Right. Okay. So that question of who came up with that statement is has an importance for the obstruction investigation slash question because it was totally false. It's not at all what happened. Right. So um, people want to know, the investigators want to know who came up with this cover story, who had the, uh, you know, who was behind that. Yeah. And that's so the, a, right. And the cover story is that this meeting took place. It was nominally about sort of Russian adoptions and which is not... And kind of nothing came of it. And nothing came but of the it. Key it was point, brief. Yeah. It was brief. It was a waste of time. Thanks for coming in. And know. it was about Russian adoptions. Right. That being the key thing. Okay. So that is... And, and there's there's been an ongoing sort of uh, sub-debate to that because... Obviously, there's nothing. There's no law against lying to the press. There's right. no law. Th- right. That's it's. It, you you can't lie to investigators. You can. So there's always been a question about what, what's Mueller's 
angle here? Why does he care so much? Right. Because obviously, it, politically, it's a very big deal if the president is is, is lying like this. Yep. But it's not a legal matter. Right. So I think the assumption has been that even though that is not a legal matter, it would be part of a charge because obstruction is usually like a pattern of conduct. You're trying to cover up a crime. You're trying to impede an investigation. Yep. So even though that may not be a crime, it sort of goes to his mindset that may have informed his decision to fire James Comey or try to uh, force uh, Sessions to resign or blah, 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 blah. Okay. Now, but here's the thing. There There is another significance to this confirmation that Trump was behind that story and not just involved with it, but basically... It was his idea, his, his story, words, yeah. et cetera. Okay. So here's the thing. So where did that come from? And 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 to to get into this, we have to go pretty deep into the timeline of these two days. And again, this are these are two days in July twenty seventeen, when Trump is president, a year after yeah. the Trump Tower meetings. And it's July seventh and eighth. And so let's let's just kind of quickly go through the basic timeline because when everybody knows that the these two men had that meeting which again totally secret from the US government there's no record of what was discussed it's a week or two after the meeting that the press finds out that there was this second meeting yeah. it's everybody's like oh my god blah 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 and a few days later trump sits down with the new york times and Maggie, I think it's Maggie Haberman, yep. asks, so what did you guys talk about? And right. Trump says, you know, weirdly, we talked about <laughs> Russian adoptions. Yeah, and her response is like, you did? Yeah, she's like, what? You know, so, so and then he kind of goes on and says, well, that's interesting because that's also what was discussed at the, you know, when Don Jr. And it's this very kind right. of weird Coincidence, thing. Coincidence, yeah. Yeah, kind of, and, 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 and you can see that the Times reporters are sort of like, what did he just say? Because... <laughs> yeah. It's by this time, and this was on July nineteenth, so almost yeah. a couple of weeks after the this this time in 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 Europe and all the, all this initial stuff we're talking about. Because by this point, it was already known that the adoptions thing was a cover story. That w- what it was really about was this offer of dirt on Hillary right. Clinton and blah, yeah, and, blah, blah, and blah, we know blah. that because Donald Trump Jr. released the emails that led up to the meeting in which. Goldstone, I think, said, oh, you know, this this lawyer is has some information as part of Russia's support for your dad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and that was – and he only did that because by that point, the Times had the emails and they were about to publish them. So exactly. sort of like yeah. in this, Just getting in this of it active little. peak, he sort of, you know, tweets them before they publish them. Okay. So – so the point the point to, point to understand here is that already by this point it was known that the adoption thing was a cover story that had right. been that had kind of fallen apart. So they're like, "Wow, that's kind of interesting." <laughs> like, you know, the the, <laughs> yeah. the the day before you were talking about this. So here's the timeline. Donald Trump dictates this statement on Air Force 1 on the way back to the United States from Germany. Right. It is the night before that he has this second meeting yep. with Vladimir Putin. And 
what was the reason that the Times reporters are like, oh, that's interesting. You know, before you, the day before you came, you came up with this cover story about uh, uh, Russian adoptions, you were talking to Vladimir Putin about Russian adoptions. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So there's been a lot of discussion like, did, did Trump get the idea from the conversation with Putin? But there's actually something a bit more. We can go a little deeper on here because I think there is actually a lot of circumstantial evidence for an even more sinister interpretation of what happened. And and for that, we've got to go deep into the timeline of, again, what happened on those two key days, July 7th and 8th, 2017. The president is at the, at the G20 summit in Hamburg, Germany. And on the morning of July 7th, the New York Times reaches out to uh, the president and his legal and press team and says, we have this story. We want to know what that meeting was about. So basically the, that morning, uh, Trump and all of his people were sort of on notice. This story is coming. They're asking questions. That kind of puts everybody into, you know, kind of four alarm mode in, yeah. in the Trump world. Trying to figure out how to respond. Yeah, what do we say? Because they had... Uh, at least the public story is that the Trump lawyers and his staff had found out about this meeting, or at least that there were emails about the meeting about three weeks earlier. And the way they found out is that Jared Kushner's lawyers were reviewing, you know, because at this point, Jared Kushner had already like, you know, submitted his disclosure (laughs) forms like 85 times or something like that. So they're going through his emails. They find these and they know it's a big deal. It's at least a big uh, press black eye, if not a big legal deal. They tell the president's personal lawyers. So about three weeks earlier, they know this thing is out there. Um, Do you think at this point Trump himself, President Trump knows the story, you know, that this this is kind of floating around in the background? I think it is highly likely that he knew then because mm-hmm. I don't think he, he – he may not be a details person, <laughs> but things like this yeah. he finds out about. Yep. So I think it is highly likely that he knew about it three weeks earlier. What is almost a certainty – is that when they get this call from the Times the morning, Friday morning, Friday, July 7th, and they say, hey, we're about to publish a story. We want, we want to know what happened at that meeting. There's no way he didn't find out yeah, about absolutely. that. And the response from the Trump team is they say, look, uh, you know, we're in the middle of we're these. We're overseas. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're having, you know, summit meetings. There's time difference. You've yeah. got to give us till tomorrow. So the Times people do, and they schedule a conference call for the next morning. Um, so after that, there's the first meeting with Vladimir Putin, which again, you see on camera is a big, you know, kind of yeah. a normal public yeah. uh, meeting between two world leaders. And then that evening, they have this, let's call it the secret meeting at the dinner. Now, if you put these two things together, Trump, again, he sought out that meeting um, he probably had to go a little out of his way to have it with no one else there. But it seems to it seems very clear to me that what was on his mind is how are we going to respond to these questions about the Trump Tower meeting? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they have that meeting, and then the next day he writes the statement. Okay. Now there's so again, to me. 
it seems highly likely, I mean, it is almost a certainty that his focus on Russian adoptions came from that discussion with Vladimir Putin. He said it was about, I mean, he said the meeting was about, you right. know, when they talked, that was their yeah. the, kind of the main point. Right. Just a just a quick aside. I mean, in the New York Times interview, he sort of mentions it. He mentions the adoption thing sort of offhandedly a little bit. And it kind of like, in a way, it reminded me of when he talked to Lester Holt. He yeah. said, oh, when I was thinking about Comey, I, I was thought about this crazy Russia thing. And it's sort of like he can't quite help himself from... He has this way of impulsively just saying what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Right>? yeah. Anyways. <laughs> he's, 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 he's very indisciplined. Yeah. So, um, so I think... Based on what we just discussed, it seems very clear to me that his focus on Russian adoptions in this cover story um, had had some strong relationship to the fact that he had just discussed Russian adoptions the night before right. with Vladimir Putin. Now, that doesn't mean that he said, hey, Vladimir, we've got this problem. What do we how do we explain this You know, Trump Tower <laughs> meeting? Yeah. Um, but again, he said himself, it's fr- it's, they right. talked about adoptions. But I think that because this timeline makes so clear that he already knew they were under the gun to come up with an explanation, it seems quite probable to me that he went into that meeting wanting to discuss right. that, at least wanting to kind of come up with a cover story. Yeah, and there's no, I mean, there's no policy imperative or reason that they would be sort of sidelining at this gala dinner talking about adoptions. I mean, there's no... I mean, adoption adoptions for the Russians have, have long been the way they talk, one of the ways they talk about the Magnitsky Act, mm-hmm. because this is this anti-Russian corruption bill that the U.S. passed in 2012. Right. And in retaliation, uh, Putin basically outlawed U.S. adoptions of, of Russian children. Right. So they often kind of combine the two. It's given everything that was already in the air about right. Trump and Russia, it is, it's kind of odd that they would, you know, kind of court scrutiny in that, in that way. But again, for the moment, let's just, let's just sort of recognize the fact that it seems almost certain that it informed his his what he came up with as a cover story. And again, because he knew they were looking for a cover story, I think it's quite possible that he went into that conversation and maybe even sought out the conversation to get the cover story. Yeah. And 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 a lot of this, again, a lot of this people discussed a year ago. So this isn't like just coming from me, but we know a lot more. It hasn't been I hadn't revisited it, and I think a lot of other reporters hadn't revisited it with all the information that we have learned over the last year, and particularly with that confirmation that it was dictated by the president, yeah. like 100% him. Now, here's the other thing, and, and again, this is something that I was looking at this yesterday, and we have talked collectively so much about this Trump Tower meeting that you have to sort of peel back the layers of it to think about what people knew a year later before the news was first published. Yeah. And so I went back and looked at the emails between Don Jr. and the Goldstone guy and Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Adoptions do not come up at all in those emails, not once. And the only place that they come up, which gives any indication that it was discussed at all, is... 
Paul Manafort, I believe, was texting to himself, you know, to kind of create notes as, as one sometimes does, texting to oneself some very cryptic notes about the meeting. And one of those, one of those, you know, kind of two or three word references, just a kind of a list of them. And one of them was something to the effect of, you know, Russian adoptions right. by Americans or something like that. It seems like it came up as a sort of a a part of their of the discussion they were having at the about the Magnitsky Act. Yeah. But the point is, is that when you look at the information that we knew before that first New York Times piece about the Trump Tower meeting, it's not at all clear where President Trump would have come up with the idea of Russian adoptions at all. Yeah. I mean, because again, having, having, we've all sort of like talked about this, this so much now, kind of, I, I've sort of always associated, well, that was the cover story. So Trump knew the cover story and he's pressing the cover story. But again, it's really not clear where he would have come up with Russian adoptions as what they discussed. Now, he didn't necessarily need Vladimir Putin to give him this idea because the Russians have in their efforts to get the Magnitsky Act overturned, they talk about, oh, you know, and these poor Russian children who could be adopted and they're not. But it really does point more to wow, this conversation he had with Vladimir Putin really seems where he got this right. idea. Yeah, because before even sort of understanding the Manafort note, the sort of passive, um, you know, mention of adoptions, it kind of made me think like wondering if that was even brought up at all during the meeting, right? And so, you know, remember this is June 2016. This is going into really like the hottest part of the campaign. I mean, it, this is sort of when the general public... In, kind of starts to pay attention to it. They were promised this information. You know, that that just seems obvious on its face that that was the right. point of getting together with yeah, this Russian yeah, lawyer. Yeah, totally. And 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 obviously there's there's uh Donald Trump presumably would not not have seen uh these text messages that Paul Manafort wrote to himself right. yeah, and that exactly. were later pulled up right. by 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 lawyers or whatever. Now, here's the last thing to to kind of think about as we try to piece together where President Trump got this idea. Both the Washington, a number of news organizations, but particularly the Washington Post and the New York Times, have later written accounts of those two days. And again, not the Trump Tower meeting, but a year later as as the White House wrestled with how to respond to the initial revelation of that meeting. So again, July 7th and 8th, uh, 2017. Now, one thing, there, there's, they have different versions of events, but one point they're very clear on is that the presidential entourage gets onto Air Force One, and pretty much all of the lawyers and the press people are pretty unified behind the idea, like, look, this sucks, but like, it's going to come out, so we've got to kind of get the information out there on our own terms. Yeah. Kind of Lance, a classic PR yeah, move. Yeah, get the bad information out quickly and, and, and move forward. Everybody has that idea. And then President Trump intervenes and says, no, we're not going to do that. We're going we're gonna to put out this statement about Russian adoptions. So, again, you have this, you know, President Trump carrying the ball and, yeah. and talking about Russian adoptions, which that doesn't seem to come up at all. Right. So um, the day after his meeting with Putin, yeah, the day after his meeting with Putin, and actually, um, you know, again, uh, Europe uh, 
wherever they essentially, you know, whatever time zone uh, Hamburg is in, uh, in the evening, in the evening, and then sort of, you know, next day. Right. Uh, so can this possibly be true that, that, that <laughs> you know, because let, let's, let's say out loud what this seems to suggest, that this fake cover story that President Trump overruled his advisors to come up with, personally dictated himself, seems to either have been explicitly concocted with Vladimir Putin, as in, Vladimir, we got a problem, (laughs) help me out here. We don't know that, but I think we do know that he gets the idea about Russian adoptions. Basically, he gets the idea for his cover story directly from Vladimir Putin. Right. That's shocking. Yeah. And as president, right. As president. Yeah. Not like, you know, not like when he's trying to put together the 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 Trump hotel deal at the Miss Universe pageant in right. 2013, but as president. And again, look at that timeline. He goes in, he seeks out this second meeting and you know, we're we're um Obsessed with the Trump Russia story now, but it's important to remember we were just obsessed in July, in July 2017. <laughs> yeah. This is only about eight weeks after he fires James Comey. Right, that was it, May, kind of mid May, May ninth, I yeah. think, 2017. So this is already a big story. So he's like playing with fire. Yeah, totally. Having this kind of like you know off the books meeting with with uh, with with Vladimir Putin, and here's. Here's another, yet another little little piece of data to kind of put into your thinking as you evaluate whether what I'm suggesting here makes sense. Now, one would hope that a U.S. president, you're talking to Vladimir Putin, you don't talk about obstructing a U.S. investigation <laughs> with, that's Not, about Russia. Come up. Yeah, that's like, like keep it, you know, have... Uh, Think through what you're going to say <laughs> right. to this, what you're going to yeah. say to this guy. But think about it. The day after President Trump fired James Comey, Sergei Lavrov and Ser- I think also Kislyak, Ser- Kislyak. Right? the ambassador. So this is the foreign minister of Russia and the ambassador, uh, then ambassador from Russia, come to the Oval Office right. the day after uh, he fires James Comey. And Trump says to them, oh, I just fired James Comey, <laughs> that nut job. And, and he right. says, it really took the pressure off exactly. me about Russia. Right. And just remember, this this meeting, there were no American... I mean, I guess there was a, there was a Russian photographer, but no American there press were, were There allowed. was no American press, but we know that statement because there's... You know, like a U.S. government right. transcribe. They're recording it. I mean, right. not and not in a surreptitious way. They just there's right. always a record of yeah. what is discussed. So we we know that is exactly what's said. So clearly, President Trump has no thing in his brain that says, "All right, let's not talk about my attempts to obstruct the Russian investigation with the Russian, <laughs> you know, with with Russian high level officials." Yeah, that is not. And he did that in front of other Americans. Right. So to me, again, that makes clear to me that it is not at all implausible that he says to uh, Vladimir Putin, hey, this meeting, this is, this is, this is killing us. What do you, you know, what do you got? Right. Or at least like, oh, I'm going to, you know, they're, they're, who knows? Yeah. But I mean, it just amazes me that it's pretty clear that this happened. And again, you... You just look at the timeline. You look at the context. 
the, the circumstantial evidence is very strong. And my, my question is, did Donald Trump keep this to himself? Did he talk to other people about it? He talked to Don, Don Jr.? Right. Are there other people who, who uh, the Mueller team could have interviewed or yeah. something that would know this? It's, I mean, there was bizarre. Hope Hicks was, in the, was on Air Force One in the same room as he was, I think, doing the statement. You know, she was She's the one, one of who his, he dictated to. Yeah, one yeah. of his closest aides. It seems plausible that she might have gotten wind of it, that someone else, you know, others in the family might have. Yeah, no, and, and, and that was, you know, there's another, another little kind of side part of this story that um, in January 2018, the New York Times reported that a guy named Mark Carollo, who is someone who's a, a press guy who's been in Republican politics for, you know, a couple decades, was at that time the spokesperson for Trump's personal legal team. And while this stuff is all kind of shaking out, he gets on a conference call with the president and Hope Hicks, and they're arguing about this question. Do we do the, do the adoption cover story or do we just get it out there and, and be transparent and get ahead of the story? And uh, Carollo is making the argument for uh, transparency. And again, you got to think about this. This doesn't mean people have like an, a, a principled interest in transparency. Sometimes the story's going to get out and you just got to get it out yeah. on your own terms. So he's making that case. And Hope Hicks says, according to Carollo, those emails are never going to get out. Basically saying, we can go with the cover story right. because the real story is never going to come right. out. And there's a whole different, there's a whole separate question there. I wonder why she felt so sure about that. Well, the funny thing is, is that as, as a number of other people have pointed out, the I think I think the Kushner legal team had already turned the emails over to Congress, and and the Trump legal team was like I think they hadn't hit send yet, but like was already in the process of doing it. So not only is that like not okay, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a criminal investigation, but it's not even like factually accurate. Right? It's not like they they were trying to. I mean, they'd already the the cat was out of the bag in right. terms of. Um, investigators and and uh, apparently and again this is a story from the New York Times back in January 2018 apparently after this that's why Carollo resigned because he thought this was like evidence of a, obstruction of justice and he wanted to get out before he was like you know tarred by the uh, by the story so anyway so what have we, so it seems like uh President Trump was colluding like during his presidency. <laughs> yeah. It's not even a matter. He's they're not just in cover up mode. You can't. I'm curious. Just one final kind of question on this. I'm curious. You know, if if the Russian translator is sort of the only other third party who has an idea of what exactly was said, and I don't know if there were notes being taken or exactly what sort of record might have been maintained. Why? I mean. Russia's been quiet about all this stuff. I mean, they obviously have not only this damaging information, but, you know, tons and tons of other right, information, right, as right. we've discussed. I'm curious why... Why they wouldn't say anything? Yeah. Um, I have, at least on the factual point, I think at least our best understanding of this is that this is just three men talking. So there's no yeah. record of this. Obviously, there's sure. recollection of right. it. But I don't think there's any... Uh, note taking or anything or like read that. out kind of thing yeah, yeah so right. i don't yeah i don't think there's any actual like like recording of of what happened obviously putin has a a a, a witness right as it were um you know we we don't 
we don't know. We we we. It, it's. Um, I think it's. I think it is clear that Russia succeeded beyond its wildest expectations in 100%. this in this ex, in this effort, and uh, they may not have realized quite how impulsive and sloppy and weird Trump was. Um, and I, I would imagine that it has even been difficult for them to kind of figure out how to how to handle all yeah, this I stuff. Yeah, I can see that. But at the same time, I think that one of their great aims, and again, let's set aside, we don't, I mean, a lot of reasons that uh, Donald Trump became president that don't, that aren't, aren't tied to Russia. Um, at the same time, I think their aim was not simply to have someone who possibly they had some leverage over or who was sympathetic to them, but they just knew he was a clown. And by, and by helping him become the U S president, that had to be bad for the United States and good for Russia. Um, so yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, at, at a certain level, you know, there's that line when you're, when you're, when your enemy is, is, self-destructing just let it let it happen <laughs> sure. right i mean yeah. not don't um i, I guess that's a good point uh trump doesn't really need any help from russia to to uh make the case worse necessarily yeah i mean in your point before about you know like with the lester holt thing i mean if you think about it if he had not made that statement i think we would still be having a a very unrealistic but still having a debate like, why did he fire James Comey? Was it that uh, Rod Rosenstein wrote this memo and Trump said, oh, you're right, he's got to go? Or was it Russia? Well, I mean, God, it was obvious it was Russia. Yeah. But he said, and uh, you know, he said <laughs> right. it was Russia. Right. So that was, that was such a colossal self-own. <laughs> and and, and, um, and uh, the, the thing about adoptions was the same thing. If you, if you and you can... If you're interested in hearing more about this, uh, and if you're a prime member at TPM, I have a I have a post uh, from I think yesterday morning um, where I go through and I have the, the bit of the transcript from the New York Times. And if you're not a subscriber, just look up uh, July nineteenth, twenty seventeen, New York Times interview with Trump. Google it, and you'll find it. When he says this about adoptions, his what he says after that, you can kind of tell. That he just blurts this out and then seems to have a recognition <laughs> of like, oh, okay, that, I didn't mean to say that, or right. kind of like, okay, this 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 is a problem, and then sort of tries to say, oh, it's actually very interesting. This was all also discussed by uh, at the at the at the meeting at, at at Trump Tower. You know, sort of trying to say like, yeah, everybody's everybody's very concerned about this adoption. It's coming up all over the place, <laughs> yeah. and not not. So as not to draw the more obvious conclusion of like, that's where you came up with the idea right. that, that this is what they talked about when obviously that, that you know, it may have come up uh, once, but it was it was not the the main topic of conversation. OK, well, I think we have we have uh, made the case or at least laid out the evidence uh, about, again, what seems to me a strong circumstantial evidence that as mind blowing as as it sounds that President Trump got the Trump Tower cover story from Vladimir Putin, which is amazing. We are going to have, later this week, we're going to have this uh, interview with General uh, Mike Hayden, 
uh, former uh, CIA director. He's got a new book out. We're going to talk to him. And, and of course, you know, before we leave, we have to remind you that, that the Josh Marshall podcast is sponsored by Grady's Cold Brew Ice Coffee. Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. That's promo code TPM. All right. Thanks. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, Josh. Bye. Bye.